Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Kev's Perspective. I'm your host, Kev Lowe, and today we had DJ Bonix on the podcast, okay? I was super thrilled for this interview, not only because he is Wiz Khalifa's DJ and a member of Taylor Gang, who I've followed for years, but I've listened to this man on Go95.3, put on charity event after charity event, doing all these local drives from Minnesota, and it's very inspiring. I've always wanted to hear why he does what he does for Minnesota even though he's from Philly I had the opportunity to sit down with him and right off the bat within 10 seconds of meeting him you can tell he's a very genuine and humble man which is very very rare to find on someone who operates on a level as such you know as high as his um we talked a little bit about Minnesota local scene but mainly we talked about what it takes to be full-time in the music industry some of the risks he took and why he does what he does so please enjoy the episode and you can hear you can hear me okay yeah you want to hear how it sounds quick uh yep check 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 welcome everybody cool. to another episode Ooh. sounds good i got the audio figured out it's pretty much all i got figured out sounds good <laughs> cool. oh my, I, just think I want any clients calling me right now okay of course he's trying to call me right now cool you good Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Kev's Perspective. Woo. I'm your host, Kev Lowe, and today we have DJ Bonix on the podcast. Hi, how are you? What's going on, man? How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to finally meet you. Yeah. We've been going through the scheduling thing back and forth. I'm glad we figured it out. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for being accommodating and having patience with me. That's yeah, like I said, in this industry, you have to have patience. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. A little no, bit. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this podcast, I don't really have anything prepped for questions. Um, I just wanted to get you on here because you always, every time I saw your Instagram lives is when I mainly try to, you know, chat back and forth with you. You always had some kind of crazy perspective. You always had something to say, whether it be, you know, you were giving advice to young cats, whether you'd be, you know, doing some kind of a charity drive right. like i was just telling you off air you were doing a ton of stuff for the city at all times and i was kind of wondering what pushes that drive and what pushes you to give advice when you're in a position where you don't have to be giving that advice that's a really good thing um you know that's subjective if i'm in a position that i don't have to give advice i guess you know sure um it just feels like the right thing to do okay um pretty much i would say that's my whole motivation is it feels like the right thing to do um, there are people that didn't have to show me love yep. or didn't have to take the time to help me or didn't, you know, have, to, they didn't have to take the time to take me under their wing or even fuck with me, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. And so I'm just doing what other people did for me coming up. I'm doing what feels right. So giving back to the Twin Cities, it's not, it's not. I don't wake up and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do next mm -hmm. so that people can see it's what naturally comes about and what ideas can I, that I, that, that are created in my head that I can put into action. Sure. And so, um, thankfully for like some of the platforms I had, like go radio and yeah. even having a pretty strong social media following or whatever has helped me put myself in position to do those things because there are mm -hmm. people who want to do things and look you don't have to have, be on the radio or have a lot of followers to impact your community um but uh 
why not use it if you have it? And so that's the thing too, is I really think that people do think that way. Um, I talk to a lot of local artists mainly. Um, and they always tell me the same thing. They always tell me, what do I matter? You know, what does this matter? You know, and they really downplay themselves a lot. Right. And even when I was an artist, I did the same thing. You know, whether you'd be playing a show and you act like as an opener, right? right. You're like, Oh, I'm, I'm just an opener. Right. What's like, you got to have the mindset and mentality to push past that and be able to say, I'm going to have an impact. And we were talking about this earlier, how some artists really mention where they're from a lot in their music. Right. And I want to ask you, do you think that puts them in a box to always say, I rep this, I rep that? I mean, I'll give you a perspective because like, I don't, I'm not sure if I have the right answer to that. But when they asked me to go on tour with Wiz for the very first time, mm-hmm. they were like, yo, Wiz signed to Atlantic. Nobody knows yet. We made a song called Black and Yellow, and we're going to do our first tour bus tour this mm-hmm. fall. And I had to quit my radio job to, to confirm that I would do that. And when they played Black and Yellow for me, I was like, this shit smacks. I'm, yeah. You know, I live in Pittsburgh, and I, you know, I fuck with the Steelers. And, but then I was like, this is going to be this guy's first national record single from off yeah. Atlantic. And I was kind of like, I don't know, was that going to work? And then boom, it was... The, one of the biggest songs of that year yep. in hip-hop. And it was a song about the colors of Pittsburgh, black and yellow. Yep. So I don't think it is uh, works against you. Um, so I, I can't say that generally. I mean, I think in this day and age, where you're from, regardless where you're from, is what influences you. And so, you know, hearing... Jack Harlow say he's from like Kentucky and, yep. and you know, of course, like someone like Mac Miller always bigging up Pittsburgh and yep. it's just, it's a part of your story. So I, I don't think that it really limits anyone, but uh, yeah, I don't think it really limits anyone. I mean, if you're good, you're good, honestly. Yeah. And I only ask that question too, because every artist is trying to find a way to break out of their city and they feel like they need that city love to, right. to, to do that. Right. Well, I do think that I'm going to say that you don't need it, but if you're not, if, if you don't think that's a possible avenue, yeah, it, it totally is. Yeah. And that's what I do think some artists are missing is like, yo, look, if your neighbors don't fuck with you, then why, uh, why would you think that anyone else would? Um, I'm not saying yeah. that sometimes you have to leave your city because the people in your town may not get what you're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, but man, th- that's, that's one of my blueprints is you gotta, it's, there's a culture going on here. And I, and I, and that's one of my approaches is, yo, if you get to know who's doing it, who mm-hmm. did it before you, yep. who's doing it now, yep. and you want to be the person that who is doing it next, that's a really good foundation. Mm-hmm. Some people make music and they just expect people to fuck with them because they made a song. Sure. Um, And that's whack. Yeah. But I like to, and this is my approach, so this isn't for everyone else. I'm constantly, when I learned and when my approach is culture, then you're going about it a different way. Because you're looking at it, when we talk about culture, it's like a book, right? You could talk about DJ culture in Minneapolis. If you were a DJ in Minneapolis, and they wrote a book about DJing, mm-hmm. where, where would your part be? Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people wouldn't play a part. Unfortunately, they'd be like, yep, you could catch me at that bar every Friday. And that's cool. Right. There's a time, there's a place for that. But if you're trying to be bigger than that, yeah. how are you impacting your community? And how are you impacting the culture 
of whatever. And we were talking about even if you like dogs, dog culture, boat culture, yeah, anything, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. whatever it is, and and that I think that's really important. I like how you're you're explaining that you're, you're building your culture and your your neighborhoods, right? Because that's what you've been very focused on, even when your first glance at Minneapolis when we first heard about you. Because before you even being on Go, for example, right? I didn't know who you were, right? Right, and that's just like your new 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 people, new city. You're learning right, new right. things, but especially Minneapolis. To be honest with you, it's a place where it's hard to adopt new people. Right. It, it really is. Whether you be already popping is what they call it here or right, not, right, right? right? So you doing a lot of charity drives and things like that here really gained you a lot of respect here. Do you think? people who are before Wiz called you for black and yellow right mm -hmm. before you're working for radio when you were like on the grind trying to even be like hey this is who mm -hmm. i am mm -hmm. were you doing that for your city or what do you think helps you get to that point where you're able to have the platform to help people with the I charity mean, events you're doing it but in a different way okay and you're doing it within the resources that you have at the moment so like we can start out at college radio so when i was in college radio i built relationships with local artists and guess what i did i gave them a platform hey man i'm gonna play your song on the radio mm -hmm. and so that may not visually be like that's charity but i'm giving i'm sharing my blessings with people mm -hmm. and that's what i did there's a lot of people whose songs I played on Go Radio. There's a lot of... Um, so I, I just want to mention, too, that like there are a lot of people who knew me from the Wiz shit here even before I got here. Like yeah. I used to watch the day-to-days. I grew up watching Wiz, and so they knew me. And guess what that was? That was a culture. Mm -hmm. Weed, Wiz, Taylor Gang. And that was our own little like kind of corner that we had in, you know, in 2010. It was you know, whiz was popping. Yeah. Um, and so what really helped was, cause here's the thing is that I can, if, if I walked, if I walked into Minneapolis with mm -hmm. not, no history, that doesn't mean I won't be able to create it. Right. But Google me. Mm -hmm. And that's, that to me are receipts. And that's kind of the thing is, man, is that we're collecting receipts all along the way. If you talk to people in Portland, Oregon, I didn't change the game there or anything, but there are definitely people there when I lived there for a small amount of time that I helped. And now we have relationships and these people are climbing their shit. Pittsburgh, Minneapolis, wherever I go next, I'm bringing people on this adventure. Yeah. And so every city that I go to or every experience that I'm gaining, I'm trying to build people that want to come along with this journey. Mm -hmm. And people do see... Like, what's great is that there's great big DJs or whatever, but they see how I move mm -hmm. and people respect it. Yeah. And they know it's different. You know, I'm not out here being like, yeah, yo, you know what I'm saying? I'm lit out here and like, <laughs> kept catch me and all this shit. Right. Nah, man, it's real. It's how I'm, I'm so happy that I've been able to do it the way that I want. I mean, I don't get to do everything I want or right. there are things that I wish in the past, hey, I wish I could have done this with a radio station or even with Wiz. Um, but sometimes you just got to play the role. Yeah. So, you know, kind of to answer your question, it's like people will fuck with you if you have the receipts to prove it and if it's authentic. Because yeah. there's a lot, yo, let me just say this straight up. And if you're listening and this is you, y'all bought fake likes yeah, and views. Yeah. And I can see it. Yeah. You got 20,000 likes and four comments. It's not real, bro. <laughs> and that's it is that they would rather be perceived yep. as lit versus just being lit. 
take over. I, I, I've I've started to realize that that whole liking and that whole trend when it was a thing, or even know if it is still a thing when like the buying likes stuff like that. It's very interesting you bring that up because a lot of artists think when they do that, that perception is going to bring them real business. When in all reality, when I get into the real business, that has no perception behind it because I played that perception game when I was an artist, right? Like right, you right. think that's what you're supposed to do right. because you see from the outside in, like right. But then when I'm okay, I'm in it. I'm kind of nuzzled in by grand being grandfathered into this business, right. and my first artist comes to me and goes, "Hey man, can you book my?" headlining show yeah bro no problem it's easy to book a show anywhere you go whatever but then when you talk to the venue and they give you offers based off their perception right. sweetens the deal a little bit right, right. that's where it kind of helps you but then all of a sudden when that person goes hey i have 50 tickets sold and it's two days before the show we got a 500 capacity venue what the fuck's going on i'm like those percept that was a perception you saying. built at the end of the day right. it's can you sell a ticket right that is it period that's yep. the impact and that's something that i watch because sometimes i'll see other artists blow up real fast and i'm like oh snap <laughs> here comes so and so oh they're doing well they're blowing up yep. but then they can't sell tickets and where are the receipts that's one thing i too as i look i look at what you're saying like what have they done previously before this and if i see nothing before where it's literally just it all of a sudden happened and i can't find anything to back it up right you kind of realize what they did and it's not it, you see right through it but again it's i don't like to assume that's one thing i'm trying to get better at myself is right. not uh falsely assume i give everyone positive intent i say right. cool how did this happen right. man like i asked my client how did that happen right and if they don't speak on it right i've dropped clients so fast for that reason right and so i guess I, the whole point of why i was asking you like what helped you grow to where you're at and you don't the comment i made about you not needing to do this stuff for right, the city right, right. um a lot of people, when they do get the platform, feel like the city owes them something. Right. And that's that's the problem I see as well, is that when they do get to the point without the city and they try to come back and bring it home, they bring home arrogance and ego as right. well. Right. And I'm kind of wondering, just meeting you within 10 seconds, I could tell that wasn't a part of your vibe. Right. You're part of a very big brand, my guy, like worldwide. Like that brand people are personally attached to, like, you know what I mean? Being being who you are, being you were involved with Go95, right. being involved with Taylor Gang. Right. How do you keep yourself down? Like, I know you do I a lot mean, for the culture, but I mean, truthfully, like, how do you keep yourself like, I'm, I'm not, I am just a person. It's hard to keep uh, yourself down you in know, this hip hop culture. I will culture. say that it's a dance because sometimes I may have like niced myself out of the conversation. Explain that. Um, well, like, well, I could have just been more aggressive about certain things in my career and who I am. And I maybe could have gotten more money if I was like this, oh, you know? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. But for me, I'm like about the experience. Mm -hmm. And I know that people are like, experience don't pay the bills or whatever. But like, <laughs> honestly, man, I don't focus on those things. Yeah, I just focus on how I can continue to impact people make myself a better person and it's become less of it's 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 great because you know after experiencing touring and djing and being lit at some point you have to face yourself mm -hmm. at some point like i was telling someone earlier today my late 20s my career was popping but I was overweight and unhealthy and doing crazy drugs. Yeah. Not crazy drugs, but I was doing like drugs I shouldn't have been doing. Yes. And that's not cool. So, man, I'm just about people and I'm not, I, this may sound weird, like I'm not necessarily supposed to be here as far as like 
my mom, my parents are from the Philippines. Like, what are the chances, man? Like, yeah. po- you know, my dad grew up poor from the Philippines. My mom came from a small town. They met some point in Philly uh, that from the Philippines. And then I became, and then, like, what are the chances of me becoming a DJ for this guy and then experience this whole world, like, dude, yeah. from every country from around the world, from Saturday Night Lives to mm-hmm. doing all this shit. If you're not, it's just, you know what holds me down? being grateful mm-hmm. that's the answer that that i'm just grateful to be here because guess what someone else could be here and guess what yeah. if i if i was too too big to not do that gig because they didn't want to pay me something that i wanted maybe i would have not impacted someone who was going to be a fan who later was going to help me and so yeah. it's, there's so many avenues that this has happened and yo i've i've won some and i've lost some yeah you know well, and that one thing that you mentioned with that I like to always expand on in my podcast is that there's always someone willing to take your spot. The reason why I'm in the spot I am is because I was willing to take someone else's spot and I'm trying to double down on that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I guess I want to ask you too, um, when when did you, for lack of a better term, double down to get to a point where this is your full-time gig? Because I'm in, just to be transparent, I'm in a transition right now right. where my only goal 10 years ago was to say, I want to work full-time in the music industry. I didn't care if it was an artist or what. I just loved the music industry. I didn't care what genre. I just knew that I understood it. Mm -hmm. I understood. I was a musician classically trained, so I love it. I just, there's everything about it. Right. Right. So I'm now quitting my job in three days to do this full-time. And so that's like, that's the goal, right? Everyone wants. And all my friends are like, bro, you made it, man. Like you, you actually did it. I'm like in my head, this is where I double down and get started. Right. It's nowhere about making it, right? It's it's about I haven't made a dime in this industry yet. So right. when did you know in your career that this is where I need to double down and make a big sacrifice? I mean, I heard something kind of recently to the effect of like if you have a plan B, then you're not committed to plan right. A. I've heard that too, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that and I heard that before and i was like damn that's the fucking truth Mm -hmm. and so i just did what i thought was right that's it like you ready hi i want to learn how to dj what am i going to do i'm going to try to find a way to get turntables okay i want to learn how to dj Mm -hmm. what am i going to do i'm going to go out to weird dark places because then we didn't have youtube or whatever i'm going to go experience djing Mm -hmm. and then what i'm going to do i'm going to apply what i learned and then practice and put in my 10,000 hours to learn how to DJ. Yeah. And then when you're good at something, it's undeniable. Right. You know, mad people want to skip these these steps. They just they don't want to put in the hours and they don't even care about being good. They just d- done it. Yeah. You know, I'll share a quick story real quick about a kid who was a promoter and then he hit me up one day. He's from Minneapolis, and he's like, I- I'm an artist now. And I'm like, all right, you're an artist now. Okay, can I visit you at the radio station? Sure, certainly. So he comes into the station, and he walks in with his in- uh, his uh, Instagram live on. And I'm like, what are you, do- what are you doing, man? I was like, turn that off. He was like, man, I'm just trying to show people I'm building out here. I was like, this is between me and you. Yeah. This is not between me, you, and them. Yeah. And then he was like, I'm an artist now. I recorded a song recently, and I want you to hear it. And I said, how many songs do you have? And he said, one. And I was like, I won't listen to that song until you have 200 of them. 
You know, wow. and I'm not saying that one person can't make one song that changes their life. Right, right, I'm just right. paying respect to the people who've been doing it. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is real, recognized, real. And there's a lot of people out here who don't want to put the work in, who don't, who, who just look the part, man. Yeah. And um, you have to change that. You have to change your thinking. And and really, like, you got to ask. That's what I did was like, okay, so if I want to be a DJ, what do I got to do? Be good. All right, so now that I'm good, what do I got to do? Put myself out there. All right, now that I put myself out there and people are responding, what do I got to do? Follow up with that. And then what do you got to do after that? Take a chance. You know, and continue to keep your, yourself uh, pushing. So congratulations to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. For taking that chance. You obviously... Um, I, you know, I think there's always a little plan B somewhere stuck behind here. But yeah. that plan B for me is, listen, if I'm done with Wiz and done with radio and I'm not allowed to be in any clubs, guess what? I'm still a good DJ. Right. And I could DJ anything. Yeah. And that's if I when you rest on that. Someone said uh, one of uh, one of Wiz's security guards told me once and his friend. I hate to even call him security guard. Shout out to Lonnie Lonwick. Um, he said. You just walk around feeling safer when you know you could beat someone's ass. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, I can't beat someone's ass, but no, I know. No, but feeling I, good but in the assets that you provide. Yeah, right, 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 you know, right. if you fucking are a carpenter and you know you could build some ill yeah. shit, you're cool. Yeah. But there's a lot of people out here who don't want to put that work in, who don't want to sacrifice that time, mm -hmm. who don't want to. Uh, Chevy told me once, Chevy Woods told me, he's like, we used to like big brother people. Now, big people don't want to be big brothered anymore because they don't want to be embarrassed because there's cameras around and shit. Before, you used to, like, make interns and go, you know, yeah. almost through humiliating shit. Yeah. But that's, and as much people want to shame that or whatever, like, I'm not saying you got to put your interns or whatever through humiliating shit, but, like... I know what you mean. There's though. a process. Well, it's, uh, having humility is the big thing that 1, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1, no, 100%. I mean, because that's that's what I tell people all the time. I mean, I quit a six-figure job that was secure and comfy. I was making the most money I've ever made in my life. But like you said, I was overweight. I was not doing things I should have been doing. And I said one day, I was like, bro, this isn't what I'm supposed to be like. I'm not happy going to work or happy doing what I'm doing every day. Right. So I had to have humility to drop all of it to be like, you know, how much I'm going to make in this music industry. People have told me, right. man, like you're making all this money with this chain, dude, this chain, bro. I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. This was for me, it was an accomplishment token. That's right. what, and I spent right. my whole savings account on it. <laughs> right, you right, know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like people think I'm out here like flaunting and I'm like, that's, if that's what you're focused on, great. And right. behind the scenes, like, cool. I posted picture of me and Riff Raff, for example, right? Because he's, he's a good relationship, but I don't do it for myself. I just, I did that because unfortunately in the generation I'm in being only 25, I've always grown up with, you have to put the perception out there. Right. I mean, but, and that's it though. And here's the thing. It's not a perception if it's real. You yeah. get what I'm saying? It's yeah. real. And yeah. that's the difference is that like everything that I'm posting or whatever is real. Yeah. You know, there's certainly, I bought a chain uh, in Dubai last year, like literally right before the pandemic. And I wasn't like, here's my chain. I, I don't, <laughs> sometimes I don't feel like I have imposter syndrome about it. Yeah. Like I don't feel weird wearing this. Cause like, that's not really my personality, but man, you're, you're a hundred percent correct. Um, a lot of people live in that sort of like how they want to be perceived yep. versus how they actually feel. Yeah. And if you're spending time, wanting people to see you a certain way versus wanting to feel a certain way. Yeah. You're going to have to, I like to say this, like, listen, when we're driving and we make a wrong turn and we got to, and we go three miles down the wrong way, mm -hmm. 
guess what you have to do? You got to go three miles back the other way. Right. And so it takes time to, yeah. to do those things. So I think people just have to understand that there's no fucking race. What, what's the rush? Yeah. Get good at something. Be undeniable. And then from there, you know, you, you'll see where it goes. I think that a big, big, big thing, at least from what I've had to cope with is because being able to say like, you can put in the work and you can do all these things. And like you say, go three miles forward and three miles back. But a right. lot of people have a problem going three miles back when they realize that it's, it's a hard three miles back. Totally. Right. And, and ha coping with the sacrifices you made to go three miles forward, to realize that you have to go right back to where you started, but what you started with, you have less right. than what you started with before. Right. That's a big thing you, you have to, um, cope with. And I, that goes for any really anything you do I guess any industry we're being very general but I just feel like in the music industry in general there is no book there is nothing that you can learn from like you can go to school for it but when I when I went to school for marketing those tactics right are used overall across corporations they just are those are not going to change in a long long time right, right, right. there's none of that for the music industry is what I've realized like every show is different right. every promoter is different every story every artist different. different so right. it's like it's difficult to be that's why I, I tell everybody if you're going to be in the music industry in general Good. just be prepared to get thrown around left and right and just jump into whatever you can jump into to be able to be where you want to be in the end i mean yo there's so many great stories of i yo here's a good story i'm done um one there's a guy brent shout out to brent brent who was at a meet and greet for wiz okay and brent paid to get into the meet and greet mm -hmm. and brent Asked Wiz, yo, can I get a job? And Wiz was like, give me your number. And called Brent, and Brent became Wiz's assistant for a, a small period no of time. No shit, dude. No shit. In that, and I'm like, whether he was a great assistant or not. That, <laughs> right, right, right. He was able to, like, he met, I, I don't actually want to, like, Name names, I guess. I can bleep shit but out if you don't he, want me to. Uh, no, it's cool. He met a country artist that was a big Wiz fan. Okay. And because he was Wiz's assistant at the time, he was able to meet that guy, Brian. And when, when Brent no longer worked for us, Brent was able to reach out to Brian and now is like tour managing this huge country act. Wow. And is traveling over the country, has his own house in Tennessee, and is like living because the fucking of life. He's probably getting paid more than me, you know? Right. Uh, but all because he like shot that shot. Yeah. And that persistence and that sort of like, just got to put yourself out there. Yeah. You know? And was he the best assistant? Probably not. But I'm sure he <laughs> learned from those mistakes. Yeah. And that's what we got to do. And that's where this part of it is tricky because nobody wants to make mistakes because people will shame other people who make mistakes, even though those people don't want to be shamed. Mm -hmm. Like the people who are shaming other people, they don't want to be shamed if they make mistakes. Yeah. And so now people don't want to put themselves out there because they're seeing how cancel culture is going and they're seeing how people basically shit on other people for making mistakes. So you got to make mistakes. And that's what that goes back to what I was saying about not wanting to be big brothered and nah, man, you got to put yourself through these processes yeah. and, and, um, get your feet wet. Like you're not going to make the fucking 
Minnesota Timberwolves if you don't try out for the team. Right. It doesn't matter the perception. Mm -hmm. You could look like you've been shooting amazing, but guess what? You're going to have to run the drill. Yeah. Period. That's a really, really good analogy. Run the drill. You know? Yeah, that's a really good analogy. And I, I think that a lot of people, when it comes to running the drill, that's when they back out. And that to me though is a blessing in my opinion, because when I was looking at this from when I was a young kid, I was like, man, how do I get there? How do I get to where this person is? Well, there's a lot of people waiting in line, but a lot of people when they get up to the line don't want to pay their dues. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying I've done that because right. I'm currently still learning. That's right. another thing. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, but navigating this shit is the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Meaning navigating like when you're, when it's okay to do what Brent did. Right. When it's not annoying or when it's not, um, there's a way to do it tastefully, man. There is, no, but that's right, what I'm right, saying. Right, like, right. Hey, can I have a job bonics? Right, you know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. can I be a part of Taylor game? Right, like right, right. it's like, bro, what? You know what I'm right. saying? So there's, there is a way to hold yourself and go about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And just, I'm just curious too, being the type of guy you are, you took this interview without even knowing a lick about me. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Why? I mean, if I have opportunity to share who I am and what I'm, and again, help impact people's lives, and I'm up for it. Number one, and number two, I'm comfortable behind the microphone, and this is right. what I do. So, right. um, it's nice being on this side of it okay. because it makes me feel like I'm making an impact. Yeah, you probably wouldn't interview me if I wasn't doing shit. That's true. You know what I'm That's saying? True. So, go out and do shit, people. Yeah, go out and do shit. <laughs> I mean, I truthfully didn't like. You being a guest, it was always been on my radar, but some people you think is unattainable. Does that make sense? Some people you feel like are unattainable and some people in you, that's why I say like when, before I keep dating back to you and I keep saying this because what majority of people think who are listening. My audience will think this, right. you know, it, Kevin should be grateful that Bonix is in his presence right now. It's true. It's true. Uh, no, man, I'm, I'm grateful that you're, you're here and you know, you're a young man that's going through it and you, uh, hold yourself up well. And Appreciate I think that you... There's a reason why we're here, man. You know, consistency, man. And and uh, I agree. What's cool is that we were consistent about trying to 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 get it. Yeah, yeah. It just popped. You know, I didn't answer probably for a while, and it popped up, and or I may have forgotten. And honestly, I had so many people ask me to be on a podcast for a long time, and this is like my third podcast in the last week. And wow, uh, it feels good to be doing this because if I can keep spreading these vibes, man, and love, and and inspiring people to to be their best version of themselves, man. Mm -hmm. And it's all worth it, you know? Well, first off, I appreciate it. Yeah, but then second, you did, I remember when we first started this, you actually sparked my memory on something. You were saying on, on live, everybody wanted me to do these podcasts. Right. What, out of curiosity, do you like hand cherry pick some of them or uh, like? I mean, everyone doesn't sound like a lot. Uh, it's, it's really not a lot. You know, if it come, if someone is, well, I'll tell you this. I've had someone interview me before that was like awful and he didn't mm -hmm. do any of his homework because you could just like, and then I, like I did my research on him and I yeah. was like, oh shit, he's got fake followers. Uh, oh shit. He's got a blue check and he wants to interview me because I have a blue check and he wants yeah. me to promote his podcast because he wants it to be legitimate. But then when I actually yeah. saw his shit and saw the comments and I was like, these comments don't go with what the picture is telling yeah. or um, What's up from Taiwan? Yeah, you know what I'm well, barely even that. It was just like <laughs> cool pick, man. And you're like, <laughs> you know, uh, that's like yeah. what these things. Because there's a lot of these like groups that are like, hey, how can we help each other and boost each other? And it's, yeah. and that that's when that put a bad taste in my mouth because I remember the guy. He didn't do any research at all. Um, you know, he was just like, oh, so like you're in 
Pittsburgh right now. And I'm like, damn, I haven't lived in Pittsburgh in 10 years, you know? So it's like people try to fake it till they make it. And, um, yo, real recognize real. And, you know, authenticity will always trump, um, people who are inauthentic will always be revealed. Where have you been? Where it's been like not saying I don't have to name drop a city, but what experience have you had where you felt it was extremely inauthentic in the music industry? Um, because for me personally, it's only been maybe I've worked with thirty artists, and I, there, I think there's like three I could say that are really inauthentic. Mm-hmm. Where I was just like, I don't even want to be around you. Right. It was right, so disappointing. Right. I mean, yo, there's a lot of that in general. Like when I lived in Los Angeles, that was whatever LA is obviously a spot that is yeah. necessary for some people to be there in their industry to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found it a lot. It just, there was a lot of people that just wanted to get like, at least for me personally, like how can I get in this section with you? Or when I show up to like different festivals, South by Southwest, like, Oh, here are all these people popping up because they know I'm going to be here. Yeah. Um, but you, I just asked that question because when I see people's camps, when I work with these artist camps with the riders and shit, it's like nine times out of 10, the people around them are inauthentic and they're, they're sitting on their phones the whole time or they just want to be on stage when they're about to go on and they're on stage. And and I'm just like how, and you've worked with high profile people, right? So you're in Wiz's camp, right? Right, right. In that camp, do you feel like you guys keep it pretty authentic? I'd assume, but how do you weed those people out? The people who weren't before, you know what I'm saying? They weed themselves out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because you give them some power. Right. Or you give them responsibility and they're not able to follow through with it. Sure. And that's the one thing that I'm, I'm Wiz's DJ. It's not the DJ Bonix show. Right. It's not Wiz Khalifa and DJ Bonix. Yeah. So I play that role to where I know that I'm there for Wiz. I'm going to make sure that whatever it takes for him to have the best show ever. Mm -hmm. And that's the role I play. Um, there's been a ton of people who've been on tour with us who've gotten fired or not let go because they were too about getting the pussy or mm-hmm. they were too about like they were getting fucked up and mm-hmm. they forgot that why were they were there. So listen, if Wiz is having fun, okay. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of photographers that kind of fell off. Um, because, you got to be careful in that role too. <laughs> because they like ended up, I mean, there's photographers who were like, and I'll just say this, maybe this makes me sound like overconfident, but like, no, I sit there, you know, like they yeah, were yeah, in, yeah. in the private plane. Like, no, no, no. I sit there. Yeah. I've been right. Like, or nah, the homies sit there yep. just cause you are, you know, taking pictures of wisdom. We're like, you need to take the uncomfortable seat, bro. Yep. And that's where people start to forget their mind changes. And then they become, you know, their ego comes in Yeah. and they think that, they're not irreplaceable and you know i i'm i'm certainly irreplaceable yeah but i will do as much as i can to to make wiz feel like that hey this guy tr- he trusts me and so i've been doing yeah. this shit with wiz since 2010 i've known him before that just on some like helping him sure and so even every my close friends know me every year i'll be like i don't know maybe this is the last year maybe wiz won't fuck with me this year da, 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 da. um but that's me kind of like with the imposter syndrome sometimes and but no, I make sure I do the best job that I can. Could I be getting better and adding more value? Certainly, but we all can, right? Right, I right. Could right. Be, I could have done some push-ups earlier. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. about finding that kind of workflow balance and going back to inauthenticity is like eventually when you're just weight 
They're mm-hmm. going to know because at some point they're going to try to save money. At one point, there's going to be people involved that are going to try to save Wiz money. Yeah. You know? And I feel that. And I, I think that, like, I, there is something I've been thinking about a lot in music is that relationships is what I've been told that keeps you here for the longest. And that's kind of what I think you're kind of saying is relationships keep you here the longest. Right, but right. Um, if someone costs less than you or if a promoter wants to pay this person double, even though you've worked with them for a long time and you've done an outstanding job every time, right. sometimes that will take priority. Right. Um, and people say, well, that just reflects their character. Well, not necessarily because sometimes it makes sense. Um, it's just what it is. It, you know, I know. It's just, it's a tough thing to talk about because it's really, I'll be honest, dude, it's been really weighing on my mind. Like then how there is no job security then in this, in this shit, like in, right. in the music industry, there is no job security because there's always someone younger, someone always more hungry, someone always better. Right. Totally. So what do you think has kept you? I think you've talked, talked about a little bit, but kept you in your role, let's say with Wiz. I'm not trying to like make that the highlight. Right, right. I'm just saying like what's kept you being in a high position in that camp for a long period of time. Cause dude, I've seen DJs after five years who they look like their best friends, you right. know, not be with their camp anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, um, maybe I just haven't pissed Wiz off yet. <laughs> uh, but nah, man, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a good fucking DJ. Yeah. Back to what you're saying. Yeah. And that's, so that's like, let's, let's call that like pillar one. Okay. So I'm a good fucking DJ. Cool. Pillar two is I know how to work Mm -hmm. and I put myself through all these processes so that I have this sort of discipline to work. Yeah. And then other ideas is that I also have other things that I can do. Like, you know, there's a lot of on the fly editing that I need to do. Um, there's a lot of like, uh, like show edits that I got to make or, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, I want to perform this or so the more I can add value, Mm -hmm. but then there's also like sometimes where there's a doing too much part of it where sometimes like I'm, there was a time where I like Wiz was looking for something and I was like, yo, I'll get it for you. And he said, no, chill. I have someone that does that for me, you know? And so sometimes it's just like finding that sweet spot of not doing too much and not doing too little and uh, just playing your role, Mm -hmm. you know? Wiz says something in a song that's like, there's no friends in business, you know? And so I have to keep that in mind. Like if at one point he comes around and says like, listen, I have to accept that. Mm -hmm. As long as there's respect there. Right. Um, But why have I been able to be in that position? Because... I've been reliable. Yeah. I've probably missed four Wiz shows in my whole career, probably. Uh, two of them was because I was sick. One of them because I was a best man for my best friend. And the other one because I was in Europe. But I've made right. every single show. Right. And, you know, some days there's nice Wiz and some days there's not so nice Wiz that you have to deal with. Yeah. Because we, some days there's nice me and there's not, no, not so nice me. But I've also shown other ways... A value to the camp like when we travel overseas i may i make a lot of relationships so a lot of times wiz will just be chilling in the hotel doing what he does right and i'm out there trying to network with local djs in whatever country we're in and doing that and that that in turn helps him as right, much right. as it may not feel like it impacts but an extension of wiz is out here shaking hands and doing it for the culture right. and that to me is something that all was like this karmic thing 
um, there's been countries where weed is hella illegal. Oh, yeah. Because of my relationships, I've been able to... I remember we were in a country that I won't name, and I remember getting weed for Wiz, and he was so happy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was like... And I remember he tweeted that, and he's like, you need friends like DJ Bonics. But that's because, like, that's relationships. And I'm yeah. glad you said relationships, because a lot of people like to throw in the networking word. And I've been saying this for years, and some people are like, whatever. Yeah. But I like to say networking is for computers. <laughs> Building relationships is for humans. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it is. Because when someone comes up to you and is like, yo, let's network, this is what you're saying to them. What can you do for me? You feel me? That's what you're saying. Yo, let's network. Uh, what can you do for me? That's what you're saying. But when I say, yo, let's build a relationship, yeah. you're talking about relationship, which is mutual. And it sounds like, look, I'm interested in how your day is before yeah. what you could do for me. Yeah. And so keep that in mind uh, when you throwing out the network word, because like you obviously are trying to get somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, hold on. It's applause. You can't hear it. It's fucking hey. applause. Yeah, yeah. Um, wait, 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 wait. And I've been, I, the, the, when you spoke on that, it just meant a lot to me because when I was 15, me and my best friend Gage, shout out to Gage, who is now my videographer, just, just my dude, right? Like we grew up in this shit together. Right, right, right. Two things. One, the one thing we'll always say, and we say this to this day, we will not work with you if you say link and build. Okay. Yo, so exactly. networking, link and build, put them in the same bubble. Right. I just won't work with you because it's not that you have ill intention. It's not, I don't write you off immediately, but if you use that, that ver verbiage or the way you come right. off, it's just, you're not here for the longevity of it. You're right. here because I, you're something transactional is kind of how I identify And it's that. obviously it's some shit people hear, right? It's right. what they hear. They're used to saying it. And that tells me you're not thinking about what you're saying. Yeah. So whatever, like, you know, look, if you say link and build or network, like <laughs> you're not a fucking bad person and you're not going to fail in the industry. But sometimes you got to just keep, you got to look out for who's trying to be energy suckers yep. and who people like, you know, I met some people recently on a show and you could just tell this guy was like trying to like, here's my music, here's what I'm doing. And, mm -hmm. you know, tries to drop, I love not giving the response that people want sometimes, you yeah. know, when they're like, oh, you know, and then sometimes I like doing the, oh, the opposite where someone's actually look more humble and then I'll play their song in the club or on the radio and they're like, oh shit. Yeah. That to me is, that's, that is the awesome give back there is like where it's deserved rather than like people there's a lot of entitlement expected and there's a lot of entitlement out yeah here. yeah yeah and that, that i think just from again i haven't even lived outside of my state that's the biggest thing though that i find here and i i everyone keeps telling me kevin stop talking about the local scene you can't when it's the fucking place you grew up in right, right? but that is what i've seen a lot of it's, it's it's entitlement even with the relationships that i've built a lot of those people will can't even say like Kevin's a good dude. Like, and I don't expect them to say that, but I'm like, the fact that you can't even put that out of your mouth right. just shows me that that entitlement, that arrogance, that, that that's where you don't want to be. And that will get you actually, to be honest, it's gotten people pretty far in hip hop in general. Cause that's an attitude that you see, but it ain't the people who are still here 20 down years down the road. Yeah. I mean, yo, you know there's a I mean? difference between confidence and then just being overconfident and like fool yourself and not like, yo, there's people out because here's the thing. There are some people that just aren't nice people yep. or like seem not easy to work with. Yeah. But they're great at what they do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So 
Uh, I, there's I, just a mix. You can't expect someone who's not like a, yeah. who is um, charismatic to be charismatic. So yeah. it's just a mix, man. Like well, that's true because I've I've met uh, DJ Monte. I've met him, and he's a really good. Dude. I don't know if you're aware of him, mm -hmm. but he he just produced for T Pain recently, and that's the route oh. he's taken now. But so I met Minneapolis? him. No, I just met him on the Riff tour. Oh, um, nice. He was actually DJing for Riff, and he was like not the easiest person to work with, but his receipts were there, and. He was just that's he wasn't like the most personable customer service based person when I was talking to him, but right, right, he right. got his shit done. He did it well, and I was like, "That's what I'm talking about." Where it's like there there are two different types of personalities, but there's also like that Brent scenario where you, you keep mentioning like, "Oh, people always say listen to my music, listen to my music," and some local local artists will be like, "Well, yeah, but that's me doing what Brent did, right?" Right, right. right. And you keep saying there's a balance. It's like, right. well, then everyone's like, well, "Where's that balance?" It's like if you you just got to go and just experience it to be able to find that little pocket. I'm gonna tell you this. Introduce your fucking self. Yeah. That is like, that goes so far. Tell the DJ that you're reaching out to them, that you support them, and that you listen to them. But motherfucker would be like, yo, how could I get my shit played on the radio? Yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck is your name? <laughs> and how the fuck is your day? And yeah. do you know my name and how my day was? Right. You'll get a lot further when you do that and introduce yourself. And I'm going to tell you this. And this is cliche, but you can only make a first impression once. That's you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if yeah. you're walking up to someone and you're like, nah, man, yo, dog, Bonix, you know, people come up to me. I remember Gashi. Do you know Gashi? Yeah. Like, Gashi, I'll never forget. I mean, actually, I did forget. Gashi reminded me. Check this out. When Gashi's first single started coming back on the radio, and I, I remember playing it on Go Radio. Yeah. Gosh, he said to me, he reached out to me, was like, yo, fam, when I was in Austin at South by Southwest, I was sitting in the lobby and of your hotel and I gave you my shit and you were just really nice to me and I'll never forget that. And a lot of artists have come and said that to me like back around on the other end. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is that like I could have been... Nah, man, where's this DJ? Don't bother me. Fuck right. that. Uh, like, sometimes it requires that. Yeah. But sometimes when, you know, it's like, doesn't take that much effort to be fucking nice to people. Right. And it goes both ways. Whether you're in the influencer or you're the influenced, it goes both ways, you know? Yeah. No, I'll, right, right off the bat, that I would love to encompass a podcast in that. That just just simple fact that it's not hard to be nice to people. You know, there are different personalities, so you can't take offense to totally, it sometimes. Totally. But also being Brent is definitely takes uh Present yourself well. That's right. all I got to say. I mean, Present yourself there well. Was a, there was wins and there were losses, but then right. his losses brought him to a win. So right. it was like almost like, listen, um, Brent, yo, shout out to Brent because <laughs> yeah, Brent real. is eating right now yeah. and he's touring with an awesome country act. But he may not have gotten there if he just wasn't that bold in the beginning. And he yeah. may not have gotten there if he didn't make that mistake. So it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be imperfect. That's a good name for a podcast, the Imperfect Podcast, you know? I think That's I really, what I'll title it. I really, I really been like, anytime I have an opportunity, like even on Go Radio to express how, the mistakes that I made, or yeah. it's important for me to keep reminding people of that because they're watching everyone else trying to move perfect. So if yeah. I, listen, if I told you that I make mistakes and then I make a mistake and you're going to shame me, we're going to rewind this and I'm going to yeah. tell you like, remember when I said I make mistakes? <laughs> 
<laughs> so, you know, I cover my ass that way. I appreciate your time, Bonix. Thank you so much for oh, being yeah. on the podcast. Great, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate Kev, you. Good luck to you. Thank you, man. Um, hopefully we can build link and network after this. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he's out. He's out of here. He's out of here. No, Please. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to every single listener. You have followed me all the way to the end of this episode, and I greatly appreciate you for doing that. Please go give me a follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave me a review. Give it a five star and tell me what you love about this podcast. Every little thing you do helps, including subscribing to me on YouTube. That is Kev's Perspective, K-E-V comma S Perspective. Every single week, I do all of this myself, and I'd greatly appreciate all of you to just give me a follow, throw me a five star, give me a like, whatever you can do to help me grow. I'd greatly appreciate it. Tune in next week to Kev's Perspective. Cheers.